Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, how's it hanging, bud? Greg, happy Friday. That's what's hanging, baby. The weekend is here. TGIF. There's nothing I can think of that I would rather do than talk about catchers with you here on a Friday, Greg. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. How'd you sleep last night? Oh, great, man. Really, really well. Great week of sleep. Good week. I feel refreshed. The only one was Judy. Yeah, that was it. She, uh, she knocked you off the pedestal Terrible. that one day. I had a great sleep overall, though. I, I, felt, <laughs> I feel great. I was really tired this morning. I could have slept much longer. Right. That's me every morning. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was really proud of myself. I made homemade pesto last night. Let's hear it for Greggy. No help. I showed it to Sandra downstairs. He was impressed. Judy was like, this is the best pesto you've ever made. Do you make it from scratch? I do. That's impressive. Thank you. Because I buy like a creamy pesto package. Right. So I, I made my own basil pesto. I put in a little bit of cream because I was in the mood for the cream. Oh, you got I mean, come on. You didn't. We're always in the mood. Honestly. For the, the cream. The way I did it, you didn't eat it. That's oh, how good the Look at was. this guy. A little pat on the back. Want to see it? During the break, right? Well, I should have probably put it on the air. I should have, should have well, saved yeah, it's too late. That's why I said, all right, you know, well, wait till the break, Greg. But sure, just slide it over here. Deal. Yeah. Looks pretty good. Yeah. That looks pretty good. What do you got? Some fresh mutts on there? Obviously. Oh, my gosh, Greg. There's some chicken in there. Bow ties, some yeah. fresh mutts, right. chicken, uh-huh. pesto. Yeah. Man, I'm hungry now. Yeah, sorry, man. Did you eat lunch today? Oh, I did. You don't want to. You, you have lunch. What was for lunch today? No, I can't. I want to know. I can't tell you. I had a salad. I can't tell you. Come on. We made fun of Alex Fasano yesterday for eating Savaro. Right. What did you eat? Can't tell you. Dude, you gotta tell us. Crowd wants to know. I ate two slices of pizza from Savaro! 7 Eleven! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I was waiting for the bus in New Jersey, Greg. There is nothing around for days except 7 Eleven. Oh my god, I am repulsed. I can't even talk. I, I gotta throw it to you guys downstairs. Here's the update I gotta puke. Thank you, Greg. I am Sean Guasamaki with your BFF SportsGrid News Update. Let's head to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. They're playing that at the Bay Hill Golf Course in Orlando, Florida. Right now, round number two, the leader, Tyrell Hatton, six under. He has a one-shot lead over three, tied for second place. Rory McIlroy was the leader coming in to round number two, but through eight, he is plus three, three strokes behind in 10th place. All right, let's head over to college basketball. An upset alert. Looks like Northern Iowa will go down to Drake. They are the number one seed in the Missouri Valley Tournament. Quarterfinal action, 77-56. Drake looking to put the finishing touches on a win here with 16 seconds left in the second half. 
After that, the second game in the Missouri Valley Conference, you have Southern Illinois and Bradley. Bradley, the five and a half point favorite, 124 and a half your total in that one. Let's head head over to some NFL news. Austin Eckler has agreed to a four-year 15 million in guarantee contract. That's 24 and a half million overall with the Los Angeles Chargers. Eckler had a breakout year last season, finishing with 1,550 yards from scrimmage, including 11 total touchdowns. So once again, the unrestricted free agent Austin Eckler has agreed to go back to the Chargers. Four-year deal, 24 and a half, but 15 million in guarantees. That is according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Other news making the rounds today. We had uh, the Steph Curry comeback last night. The two-time MVP after missing 58 games with a broken left hand. He finished with 23 points in 27 minutes. His first game action since October 30th. But the Warriors lost to the Raptors 121-113. to And in baseball, the Los Angeles Angels have fired their longtime visiting clubhouse manager, Brian Harkins, after an internal investigation confirmed suspicions that he was providing ball doctoring substances to opposing Pictures. This according to ESPN as well. That's your BFF Sports Grid news update. Now back to Greg and Frank, guys. Alrighty, welcome back to the show here. We're going to talk about catchers from a fantasy baseball perspective today. We got a very special interview that Greg Sussman conducted. We'll get to that later on in the show as well. But like we do every day here on the BFS, we give you a little snippet of the NBA tip drill. You can find that on the SportsGrid YouTube page every single day. Also on the NBA Fantasy Twitter as well. And Greg Sussman met up with Ricky Sanders of DailyRoto.com earlier today to talk about tonight's NBA DFS slate. center we got Nikola Vucevic on tap tonight you're not worried about the defensive presence of James Johnson and Nas Reed <laughs> I'm not worried about any defensive presence on the Minnesota Timberwolves right now they are the, the defense that ranks dead last in defensive efficiency with you know since Carl Anthony Towns has been out and since D'Angelo Russell was acquired I mean not only do you have this unbelievable matchup against a bad defense but you have no Evan Fournier tonight who's listed as doubtful mm. You could get a starting lineup. I don't think Terrence Ross starts. He could start, but you could get one with like James Ennis and Gary Clark in there alongside Vucevic. So basically, you know, Aaron Gordon, not a high usage player either. Basically, the entire offense could run through Nikola Vucevic tonight, especially for, you know, stretches, you know, the beginning of each half where he is playing alongside the starters. I think you'll see, you know, mid 30s minutes from Terrence Ross, who obviously is a high usage player. But Nikola Vucevic, almost a 20% rates guy across the board. He is priced at just 8400 That's cheap for him in this matchup, even if Fournier was active. With Fournier on the bench, I think this is just a crazy cheap price tag. Give me all the Nikola Vucevic tonight. All the Vooch tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Evan Fournier could be out for the rest of the year. Vooch and Aaron Gordon are going to eat. Vucci Main has been a mainstay for the Orlando Magic over the past couple of seasons. Obviously, one of the elite players at the center position, so you're playing over on FanDuel. You only get one center. Use that spot on Vucci Main tonight. Actually, uh, are you like Timberwolves in that game, Frank? Why is that? Uh, I, I think they're playing well right now. You're big on Nasrid. They're a home dog. <laughs> Nasrid in a good spot. All right. I mean, normally choosing the uh, Timberwolves, Greg, in a good spot never ends well. It doesn't. We'll see if it does tonight. 
We shall see. All right, today on the show, we're going to preview the catcher position, our final position, and utility. We're gonna, it's our final position utility. of the of the season. Uh, next week, we've got a fun week of shows planned for you. Jen Piacenti will be here on Thursday. We have an auction preview on Wednesday. We'll get back to the whiteboard series on Monday. So we got a lot of fun stuff next week. But today, we start some of that fun stuff because I interviewed Zach Callen, as you mentioned, which is awesome. Oh, Greg, so pumped. Got to talk to one of the hype guys himself, Zach Gallen. We'll hear that later on in the show, the final segment around 3.45 p.m. Eastern time here on the show. Zach Gallen, one of the helium starting pitchers this season, one of the hype guys, as we like to call him, in that group with Max Freed and Frankie Montas, Jesus Lazardo, Denelson Lamette. We have a good group of five or six starting pitchers that we expect to take a huge step forward this year and potentially break out. Uh, and Greg Sussman had the opportunity to speak with Zach Gallon, so we will hear that later on in the show. I'm very excited, Greg. I, I know you are, Frank. I know how hurt you were that you weren't a part of the interview. It's all right. Duty calls, you know. Craig Mish. You were in the bathroom that long? No. no. Craig Mish uh, likes to joke about me taking the hot air balloon from one studio to the other. That is not true. So I was in transit on my way here. Missed out on the interview. To be but Greg, fair, I have you know, you all the su- faith in the world. Sweet ass time coming from Port Authority here. Sweet ass time. Greg. Yes, Frank. You don't know any of the details. I do what do you mean I, I took my sweet time? You were waiting for the train. As soon as I got down there, the train came. I don't believe it. He said, quote, I'm waiting for the E. One minute. I still waited. It wasn't as soon as you got down there, now was it? I have timed this out before, Greg. Taking the train. If you hit one it. stop if you hit is it. faster than walking from 42nd Street to 35th Street seven blocks. in the pouring rain. You just ate 7-Eleven pizza. I feel terrible. You could have walked the seven blocks. <laughs> I, do, I could use a walk, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I have timed it out, and it's faster taking the train. I don't know. I'm I walk. tried my best. I'm man. a walker, man. It's faster taking the train for me home, but I walk. The bus came a little bit later today than usual, too, so that mm. also kind of contributed to the, the late arrival. Yeah. So. I'm sad, but Greg, I have faith in you. You had the opportunity to talk to Zach Allen. Shout out to Sean Guastamaki, a producer downstairs, hooked us up with the interview with Zach Gallon. I'm not going to tell you the interview that Sean's scheduled for next week. Oh, no. Don't okay. tell me it's Joe Musgrove, <laughs> who didn't get, who out, of didn't get out, out of the only inning that he tried to pitch today, Greg. No, he, he did not. And it's not Joe Musgrove. Oh, well, that would have been great. We've been trying to get Joe Musgrove on the show for like five years now. We, we tried to get Joe Musgrove on a long time ago. We did. We didn't. Now I don't really want to talk to him. Right. You know, is what it is. Greg, catcher. Catcher. You're excited. No. Oh, sorry. Well, we'll try to make it work here. Obviously, if you play in roto leagues, you have to start two catchers, which you know everyone you, you complains can play, you can play about. A, you can play in a roto league and start one catcher. Sure. I mean, honestly, it might be better than starting two catchers, Greg. Correct. Some of those second catchers you start are going to hurt you more than they can help you. That's correct. Hopefully, we can find a few sleepers that will not do that. You know, guys that will actually help you this upcoming season. But we're going to dive into the Gary Sanchez, Real Muto, and kind of give you our top targets at the catcher position this upcoming season. So after the break, I think the question that we're going to have to ask ourselves, not ask ourselves, but answer for everybody, is when do you take a catcher, right? Or in an auction, how much do you spend on a catcher? Because everybody knows the top catchers are. It's JT Real Muto, and it's Gary Sanchez. He has Mike Grandal, Willie, uh, Willie Contreras, right? Like, we know this. Salvador Perez, you know, you really like. But it's like, when do you do it? When do you, if JT Real Muto is the top catcher on the board, and then Gary Sanchez is one of the top catchers on the board. When is the right time to pull the trigger? Like, do you pay up at the catcher position? Not like dislike. It's not unlike the quarterback spot, right? Like, do you pay up for quarterback in fantasy football? You know, it's kind of similar in a way. Catcher is tight end, Greg. That's fair, too. Yeah. That's do, you, fair. do you like taking Travis Kelsey? 
and Rob Gronkowski. Kind of worked out for us. Yeah. Then maybe you like real Muto. Maybe, Gary should little, maybe we should draft Real Muto then. All right, we're gonna hear what Frank's, we're gonna hear what Frank's thoughts are on it. Our our casual targets, and then when to take it so you don't get missed out. Come up next. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Your show, Frank. We've been waiting all off season for this moment. It's exactly right, Craig. Nothing else I'd rather do on a Friday. There's no place I'd rather be. There's nothing I would rather you not do than sing, Greg. All right. Now, <laughs> Frank. We're one of the catcher spot. JT Romeo is a top catcher on the board. You don't like drafting catcher early because you feel that there is obviously not an advantage to it. But unlike tight ends, where I feel like there's like a good amount that are solid, like. Most of the guys on the screen for you right now really suck. There's not many good players on that list. But there are some that you can get much later. I don't take J.T. Romito because I don't... Catchers don't play every single day. And as good as he is, they're also more prone to injury than other spots. Where do you feel comfortable taking a catcher, Frank? Usually around the... Definitely past pick 100. I usually wind up with one of my top seven or eight for my first catcher. Again, this is for a roto league. In a 12-team league, I'm probably just going to wait till towards the end and you know whoever the best value is out of a Salvador Perez, Carson Kelly, uh, Wilson Contreras, if someone falls in a one-catcher league, sure. I-, I want one of my top eight guys in a two-catcher league. I still want one of my top eight guys as my first catcher. And then for my second one, look, if it winds up to be top one of my top 20, uh, that's perfectly fine as my second catcher. I, I really don't put a lot of stock into the second catcher, Greg. I'm never going to be one of the people who drafts, you know, JC Real Muto and a Salvador Perez. Like, that's never going to be the player that I am. Because, as you mentioned, Greg, you pass up on so many other position players who can contribute Across the board, more than likely, I mean, outside of Real Muto, no one's going to give you stolen bases at the catcher position, and those players are just going to play more, right? Obviously, like shortstop, outfielder, first baseman, they're going to play more than a catcher. Even, you know, the catcher who plays the most, let's say, like, Yadier Molina. Last year, Wilson Ramos played a ton. You're not getting more than, like, 130 games max? Yeah. Probably more realistically, like, 120. So, look, everybody has a price. If JT Real Muto falls to the right price, Greg then I will take him. Of course. Which, in a 15-team league, he fell to me in the sixth round. I took him in that draft, and I didn't mind the way that my team turned out. But more often than not, he goes in the fourth and fifth, and I just can't uh, invest a catcher position at that point because the pitchers you're passing up on, the speed, the batting average that you're passing up on. Uh, But more than likely, it's after pick 100, I'll target my first catcher, and I'll try to get someone like a Salvador Perez, a Wilson Ramos, a Carson Kelly, somebody like that. 
I agree with you. That's kind of the area I like to live in as well. I'm a little bit more aggressive. I, my guy's been Wilson Contreras for a long time. You, you know that about me. And he's going where right now, the NFBC? Contreras is going to 107. week, he is going... 107. 110. So, yeah, 107, 110. Fine. So, that is... Last year, I, I feel like I, I picked Contreras in like the 13th round. And I felt good about that. I think that's really where I want to live, ideally. And it's pretty similar to what you were talking about. Take a catcher there... But before some of the ones like I don't want are the only ones left. Like, we have sleepers that we like. We have, I have a whole crew of 9 to 28. And I all think are kind of the same, to be honest with you. I want one of my eight guys. And I'm going to take that catcher to make sure I get one of those eight guys. Like, I like Carson Kelly. Do I want us my starting catcher? Not really. No. If it, especially in a one-catcher league. right? Like, I don't want Carson Kelly to be my one-catcher. In a two-catcher league, uh, we have talked about this, you and I, that... We want to spend no more than $10 on two catchers combined. In the league where we are um, in a snake draft, we're not going to invest high draft picks in that. We're going to want a guy just to have me like, all right, we're comfortable with this guy. We're not going to invest heavily, and the same, same remains true for me. I'm never going to be the guy that drafts JT Romito. I'm not going to be the guy that drafts Gary Sanchez. I'm just not going to do it. Yes, because, again, you pass up on players who play every single day. Exactly, and, you know, and a better chance of getting staying healthy. Yeah, look, catchers get nicked up all the time. Rem- remember, they are behind the plate. They're Pitches are getting fouled off their face mask. You know, there's balls in the dirt that they're trying to, you know, drop down and, and stop from, you know, being pass balls. And you look, they're constantly taking a beating back there. So they are prone to getting more, uh, to being more injured consistently. Yep. And, you know, Gary Sanchez, if you just want to talk about him, Greg, specifically, I mean, he's missed a ton of time over the past couple of seasons with various different injuries. And a lot of it didn't even come, you know, playing the catcher position a few times. It's just like, Running the first base, he's, you know, suffered a few injuries. And look, Real Muto is the number one catcher in fantasy. And there's no doubt about it. He's been incredibly durable. I'll give you five five to ten stolen bases. You look at what he did uh, last year, Greg, and it's, look, he scored 92 runs as a catcher. I mean, that's ridiculous. Amazing. In the Phillies lineup, obviously good ballpark to hit in. He's in a contract year. He had 25 home runs last year. Had a massive second half. 83 RBIs. His runs, RBIs, and stolen bases all led catchers, Greg. So there's no doubt if you do want to pay up at the position, Real Muto is the number one guy over Gary Sanchez. Greg, Gary Sanchez to me is just so hard to figure out because the batting average fluctuates all over the place. The plate discipline is questionable at times. He strikes out a lot. He misses time. Last year, the launch angle went way up. It seemed like all he was trying to do was hit home runs. The batting average suffered as a result. Only hit two thirty two. Uh, his splits were all messed up last year. Like, Gary yep. Sanchez is just a weird player to figure out. And but something, there is so much power. There's so much power. Like, if he has higher upside than Real Muto. There's no, like, there's no doubt about that. Is it? Well, uh, I don't he has know higher that. upside. He does. I, I think if Gary ever stayed healthy for like 130-plus games, Greg, he's giving you... Close to 40 home runs. And no other catcher is doing that. No. It's not close. I, that's true. I think his upside is higher than Real Muto, but his downside, his floor, is way lower than Real Muto. I mean, he had well. 34 home runs in 106 games last year. You know, 20 games, he had six more home runs? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sure. JT Real Muto last year, 25 home runs. He stays healthy. The average... Sh- I see it. I see what you're saying. No, I, I still rank Real Muto number one. I'm just saying the upside for me, in my opinion, uh, if everything were to break right, right, like 90th percentile outcomes for both of these catchers, I think Gary Sanchez's upside is higher 
than that of Real Muto. So if you do want an elite catcher and you know you want one of these top two guys, then just wait a couple of rounds until after Real Muto goes. Again, normally he goes in the fourth, fifth round. You can wait till the sixth, seventh round for Gary Sanchez, and then you could still wind up with one of the best catchers in baseball. Great lineup, great ballpark, yada, yada. You've heard it a million times when it comes to the Yankees, uh, but just know that there are a lot of moving parts for Gary Sanchez, Greg. Obviously, we live in the New York area, and we watch a lot of Yankees games, and it seems like every single year, there's like a timing issue with Gary Sanchez because he has the oh big my leg God, kick. Always. And it's always like, always. oh, he goes into this prolonged slump because he can't get his timing down. He has the big leg kick. There are just so many moving parts when it comes to Gary Sanchez. Plus, you need him to stay healthy. So I'm just washing my hands of it. I'm not getting involved with either of the top two catchers, honestly, Greg. I get it. The draft price is too high for me. I, You would love to own both of these guys, right? Like You would love to have them on the team, but the slump with Gary Sanchez is, is incredibly frustrating. You know he'll get hot. It'll be a nice streak. But that 230 batting average is going to be very, very annoying. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, draft a 40 home run guy with a similar average that we play every day, like Fran Reyes, your boy. Greg, over the past week, Gary Sanchez is going at pick 70, yeah, which is just ahead of Jose Abreu, or your boy. Victor Robles, Nelson Cruz, Luis Robert. I mean, how can you, with, just, a, with a straight get, face, you can't do it. say that you should take a catcher who is most likely going to miss time over players like this who are going to give you such consistent production, good batting average, Robles could give you stolen bases, Luis Robert, the ceiling is sky high. I can't get involved there, Greg. We would never do it. Yeah. We, we, we would simply never do it. Let's continue. Because um, after those two, then you get to the Osmani Grandal, right? Is he your number three catcher as well? He is my number three catcher. It's worth mentioning, Greg, he has not caught a single game in spring training yet as he's battling a calf injury. Not really what you want to hear from a catcher. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. He's not running anywhere. <laughs> Actually, it's exactly what I want to hear from a catcher. More than any other person. You want to hear from a catcher who is crouching all the time? Yeah, that's right. That he has a calf injury? He doesn't have to move. Sit there. I mean, just crouch. All right, Greg. All right. Let's go. Crouch down right now and tell me what you feel in, in the bottom of your legs. I guarantee you it doesn't feel good. How does that calf feel right now, Greg? How does this calf feel, huh? Keep it going a little bit. Oh, look at that. Look at this guy's got some calves here. No, no, don't. No, no, no. You can't put the, you can't put the hands down on the ground, Greg. Stay there for about three hours and tell me how your calf feels afterwards, Greg. And that'll be the show for the rest of today. I'm just telling you, I don't think it's a good thing if Yasmani Grandal is dealing with a calf injury as a catcher. Look at this. Some great form by Greg Sussman as well. Some mint green sneakers. He's got it all working. Personally, Greg, I just don't think that it's good for a catcher if they're dealing with a calf injury. What, uh, all right, he's going to explain himself here. To be fair. All right, it's not working. All right, here we go. All right, go. here's Greg. So, I mean, most catchers are like really just sitting on one leg now. That's, That's true. That's what Gary's doing, right? Like one, one leg out. To like be this. fair, I don't know like Yasmani Grandal's like he might, he might sit like this. setup. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe he just sits like that. You just, perfect, sit, you, you yeah, just, like just kind of rest the calf like that. Exactly. That works all right. See? No big deal. I'm still not a fan of that right now. It's more so given the price that you have to pay for him and the fact that he hasn't played a single game yet. In What's he training. costing? So Yasmani Grandal is going around pick 95, Greg, which is right around Nick Castellanos. Marcelo Zuna, Josh Donaldson, I like those guys. Eddie Rosario, I like those guys. Tim Anderson, good crew. Never take <laughs> How could you take Grandal over these guys? There's no reason to because even if you want the advantage at tight end, I don't. I don't. <laughs> even if you want the advantage at catcher, there's 
not a big enough advantage to Yasmani Grandal over some of these other players in this range, namely Contreras, Garver, Ramos, Perez, and Will Smith. Like those, that rounds out my tier. I don't know. I don't know about yours. But like that's it. Those eight guys. I have tier one is Real Muto and Gary Sanchez. Same. Tier two. Yep. Is Yasmani Grandal, Mitch Garver, Salvador Perez, Wilson Contreras, Will Smith. And I have Wilson Ramos in that tier also. And that's you it. can argue. Sure, that's fine. That's it. Those yeah. are the only eight catchers I want. I don't have a tier three. So if you play in a one-catcher league, try to get one of those top eight catchers yeah. and then kind of just, whatever, fill in your second catcher so in all honesty, with one of these upside guys. What I would do, I'm going to take the last catcher. Whenever that last catcher is there. Wilson Ramos, fire him up, Greg. Are they all Wilson Ramos? What about the other side? I guess we'll have to find out why after the break. I like Will Smith, though. Be Will Smith. All the Will Smith. Let's talk about Will Smith on, on the other side. Will Smith and Wilson Ramos and Wilson Contreras. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Let's move on to the Wills, Frankie. Wilson Contreras. Wilson Ramos. Wilson Smith. You in on these guys? What if I want to talk about Mitch Garver? His name doesn't start with Will. Well, then we should not talk about him yet. All right. All right. So the one that I have ranked the highest of the Wills is actually Wilson Contreras. I have him a few spots lower than you. I have him down at six, Greg. He's at four for me. Uh, just because I do worry about the launch angle at times. Ugh. He hits a lot of ground balls, Greg. So Ugh. do worry about that. Uh, career high 24 home runs. There's a lot year. of those, too. Career high 37% hard contact, Greg. That's good. He did raise the fly ball rate a little bit last season. That cast. One of the problems for Wilson Contreras has been his ability to stay healthy, Greg. He dealt with a foot and a hamstring injury last season, limited him to just. 105 games, but over 50% ground ball rate, Greg. 52% for his career. Uh, strikes out a lot. Career high, 24.9% strikeout rate last year. Wilson Contreras is fine. Just like a few of the first basemen we were talking about yesterday, Greg. Uh, not to the same extent as like a Paul Goldschmidt. I don't mind getting a Wilson Contreras. He's just fine. He is what he is. 260 hitter, 20 to 25 home runs. Solid counting stats, good lineup to hit in, good ballpark to hit in in Wrigley. I just think some of the other players in this range, Greg, have a little bit more upside. Grandal going considerably higher than Wilson Contreras. And then Mitch Garver, someone that I do like this year. Don't really like the price. But he lost his catching coach, Frank. Mitch Garver lost his catching coach? Yes. True. That is a factual statement. Well, you know. Sure. Maybe that changes things for him. No, I mean, I just want want, uh, Mitch Garver to be able to bat, which... He's very good at. Oh, he's not good at catching. Maybe he won't be good at batting. Eh, he's not really great at catching, but Alex Avila's backing him up, Greg. I don't really think he's going to take Mitch Garver's job. Garver had 31 home runs last year for the Minnesota Twins. Bet a 273 with an OBP at 365. He was fantastic. Why do you like him more than Wilson Contreras? Uh, well, Greg, it comes down to the contact that he makes, right? It just makes elite contact yes, at the does. catcher position last year. You look at the StatCast page, another one here. Basically, with all the Minnesota Twins, Miguel Sano, Nelson Cruz, 
Um, now Josh Donaldson joining the team as well. Uh, Mitch Garver ranked 96th percentile in barrel rate last year, Greg. That was not just among catchers. That was in all of baseball. 94th percentile in expected slugging percentage, um, and he was tied for 7th in all of baseball in terms of average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives. So when he is hitting the ball in the in the air, he's hitting the ball extremely hard as well. He has good plate discipline, 11% walk rate. The plate discipline is going to be a little bit better than someone like Wilson Contreras. Look, if you worry about what you saw from Mitch Garver last year being a fluke, then maybe you worry about him not coming close to repeating that. But he has had some big seasons in the minors, Greg. You know, back in 2017, he had a 928 OPS in AAA with 17 home runs. If you remember, Nando Dofino was actually all over Mitch Garver. He's like coming in every day, looking up AAA numbers. He's like, Oh, he loves Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver is going to be the man. Mitch Garver is going to be the man. So he, loves him. he has shown some upside in the past um, in the minors. He had 31 home runs last year, Greg, in only 93 games. So even if you worry about plate, um, how much he's going to play. Last year, he only played 93 games and was awesome in those 93 games, Greg. One of my early, well, at the time, one of my early hot takes for the fantasy baseball oh, can't season wait to hear this. was that Mitch Garver actually outproduces Gary Sanchez this season, Greg. Still in your hot takes? Sure. Okay. I mean, kind of did it last year. Right. The average is way better. Yeah, he had 273 with a 995 OPS, which is just ridiculous at the catcher position. Yeah. And he led off last year against left-handed pitching. Probably going to do that again this upcoming season, so you're going to get runs scored. Um, obviously, when Josh Donaldson wasn't there, you thought there was a chance that he can you know, maybe get some time at first base, which would help with the playing time, but you know, with Donaldson there, obviously Miguel Sano slides over. I got to ask. He's just going to play catcher. I got to ask. So he hit 31 home runs yes. last year. What is he going to get? Like, what is, where is he at this year? Because the year before, seven in 103 games. Minor league career wasn't like a prolific power hitter by any means. 2017, he had a good season in the minors, Greg. He hit 17 home runs. In how many games? 88 games, and then he hit zero in 23 games in the majors. All right. Well, it comes down to team philosophy, right? Everybody on the Twins was barreling balls last year. I know that they lost their pitching coach. This is something that Craig has talked about on Fantasy Sports Today. He's and now, their catcher coach. He's now their hitting co- the hitting coach of the Miami Marlins. So right. maybe we see some of the and Miami they Marlins. Also, they also lost their bench coach, too. Raised the launch angle as well. Lost their bench I don't coach. think these guys are just going to forget what they learned last year. Right? Don't you? You saying that this morning, right? <laughs> Either was it hey, or yesterday. Was, probably yesterday. yesterday. So you're out on Mitch Garver, Greg. It just sounds like. I'm not in as in I'm not Mitch Garver as you were. I, was, I don't have any time. shares yet because... He kind of still just goes a little bit too early for my liking, Greg. So right now the ADP in March is 107. Well, you've been taking Salvador Perez around this spot instead. Well, the thing is with Salvador Perez, you can get him about 40 picks later. And he's... And Mitch Garver. If you have a question about Salvador Perez, he's back. He's healthy. He's already playing. Yes, and he is playing catcher as well. So he's not just DHing in games. He has caught a few in spring training so far. And... Look, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. We've seen Glaber Torres come back from this. Don't really have much concern there. Um, Didi Gregorius as well. Didi Gregorius has come back from that as well. And, and there was a quote that stood out to me regarding Salvador Perez. He said, to miss a year, I know it's bad for the first time, but it helped me a lot healing my body. Because he plays every day. He plays every single day. So I actually think he might be a little refreshed do you, do this you think, upcoming season. Do you Greg. think they'll still play him every single day, though? I think that they're going to play him at DH as well. Sure. Maybe they slide Soler into the outfield a little bit just to get the the bat of Salvador Perez. I mean, you could put Sal first base too. They could put, they could put Sal at first base too. So I still think that the at bats are going to be there. Uh, not as good as in an OBP league or a points league. Doesn't walk all that much, but 
Four straight seasons before last year with 21-plus home runs, career 266 hitter. He's kind of like Wilson Contreras, where he's just fine, right? He's I agree. 260, 265 hitter. I like both. 20 to 25 home runs. Lineup is decent, not great, but you know he's going to play. Sure. Either at catcher, DH, first base. They're going to find ways to get Salvador Perez's lineup, uh, Salvador Perez's bat in the lineup. And in terms of the price, Greg, again, going around pick 150, which I feel much better about taking a catcher in that range rather than at pick 100 with Garver or even earlier with, like, Sanchez or Real Music. Contreras also there, as we said, pick 107 right now. What about my guy, Will Smith, who I have as my seventh-ranked catcher? I'm really high on him because he was really good uh, after coming up last year. He was the unquestioned starter now for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was a top prospect for them. I know you have some worries about him and, and the batting average specifically. Um, are you drafting Will Smith this year? I don't mind Will Smith. I think he's at the end of this tier. And again, if he falls later than everyone else, then sure, I don't mind getting him as my first catcher. And maybe he's someone we can look at in our auction league together here, Greg. But last year, um, the batting average in the majors, 253. In the minors, 268. He does have some swing and miss. He strikes out a decent bit. His expected batting average, Greg, according to StatCast, was 225. So we could see the batting average crater a little bit here. 23.7 degree average launch angle, Greg. He hits too many fly balls. He's in the Reese Hoskins category of he tries too hard to hit home runs. I like, I like home runs. You like home runs, yeah, yeah. but uh, it also could affect your batting average when he's striking out and only hitting fly balls, as we saw from Reese Hoskins in the second half last year. You basically year. found exactly what I want, right? Reese Hoskins, Kevin Biggio, Will Smith, they're all the same. Well, you play in OBP leagues, I know. so it's different. I know. Because those guys can still be at. all right. That's where my head's at. But in batting average, Greg, you're looking at a solid 240 or less well, this for your is why, entire team. This is why in all the leagues I play, in batting average, I share with you, Frank. <laughs> yeah, because I got to talk you off from the ledge. It's okay. That's what teamwork is, man. Right. Look, I like Will Smith, and it's a good lineup to hit in. I think the power is real, uh, but I do think there's some worry over the batting average. He probably hits 230 to 240, 20 to 25 home runs. That's good. From the catcher position, it's great. And, you know, he's going to give you some RBIs, obviously, in that lineup. Probably going to give you 70, 75 RBI, which, you know, from a catcher is great. I will say this, Greg. If he struggles, even in the least bit, they do have a prospect. Another prospect? Yes, they have one of the top catching prospects in baseball. Isn't that, isn't that what Will Smith was? They just have a ton of catching prospects. Kybert Ruiz. Look up the name, Greg. I want to look at Will Smith first. All right, well, I'm telling you that Kybert Ruiz is in the organization and one no, of no, I, the top I, prospects. I, so if he struggles, he's like, Kybert Ruiz is close, Greg. But like Will Smith was a top prospect for them. He's 20, he was. He's 25 but actually, years old on my sister's birthday. Kybert Ruiz was actually regarded as a higher prospect than Will Smith. Yeah. I mean, he hit, listen to this power, though, man. 20 home runs in the minors last year, 15 in the majors. He hit 35 home runs last year. No, the power's legit. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. But I'm just saying, like, there is a downside that I think some people might not be taking into account as much as they should. Because there is a re recipe for this to end badly for Will Smith. And it's similar to Reese Hoskins. Again, just if he strikes out and tries too hard to hit fly balls, Greg, then he's going to wind up uh, with a very low batting average this season. He, he could, but, the project but like all the projection system doesn't have, have like a terrible batting average. Well, well, what do you consider terrible, Greg? What do they have him for? Yes, they do. <laughs> Is bad. I love that Greg says a statement and then like retracts it. A you know minute why? Later. I didn't think it would be like this bad. It is this bad. I don't think it would. Him projected for a 225 batting average. It's, I like Will Smith. I think you're wrong. I like Will Smith. Sure, that's your guy. Yeah. Uh, I like it more than Wilson Ramos, who's my next Greg's team is batting 230 this year. There's no problem with that. A lot of power, though. 
Yeah, but it's punt batting average in your head to head category league. That's fine. It's OBP. I don't even play on play average. Oh, actually, there you go. You're going to be great. I'm not going to have I Wilson Contreras. I'm keeping him, remember? I'll show you my keepers again. Maybe we, now that we're like into baseball, maybe we could change it. Um, one Greg, last I've been into baseball for two months now. I haven't. One more catcher to get to, and that is Wilson Ramos of the New York Mets. He is the last catcher in my tier, Frank. He's not even in this tier for you. I know we have talked about him as, as potentially a target, grabbing him. I know he's kind of like in that he's fine tier for you. Is he fine enough that you're drafting? Yeah, I mean, look, he stayed healthy last year and played 141 games, Good which is really. insane. Four, 524 plate appearances. That was third among catchers. He had 288. He's going to contribute in the batting average department, which you can't say about a lot of catchers. But only 14 home runs, 73 ribbies. Hits too many ground balls. So far in spring, he has said that he is working more on lifting the ball and his launch angles. So, uh, look, his bat-to-ball skills are great. If he would just lift the ball a little bit, Craig, we might even get 20 home runs out of Wilson Ramos with a really good batting average as well. I do worry that they overworked him a little bit too much last year, Greg. He has been injury-prone in the past, but he is part of this range. I don't have a problem with you including him in this tier, and I don't mind him as my first catcher either in fantasy baseball. I probably won't draft him as my first catcher, to be honest with you. I like the other eight guys so much more. All right, Zach Gallen and our sleepers are next. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Final segment of the week for Pharrell. Coast to coast comes your way. So uh, a little while ago, I got an opportunity to catch up with Zach Gallen. Oh, nice so jealous. Guy. So nice, jealous. Nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah, I like him. I'm Hype in. guy. Nice guy. Yeah. He's awesome. High character Zach Gallen. Another yeah. reason to draft him this year. I want to draft him. So make a lot of good team names with Gallen in it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one. I don't know. It's going to go like a two-gallon ginger ale. Love it. Ah, uh, that's not your best, Craig. You like ginger ale? I love ginger ale. So there you go. It's two-gallon ginger not ale. a creative name. How is it not? <laughs> two-gallon ginger ale. Yeah, it's funny. How, how's it funny? The word gallons in it. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's all it's good. not gallons. It's liters, Greg. You buy a two-liter of ginger ale. Oh, yeah. Ale. <laughs> Two gallons of ginger ale is going to be like... A jug, this, it's going to be, you might as well take like the water cooler right. that you have in your house. You have the little sheen with right. the water cooler. Yeah, yeah. That filled with ginger ale. Sounds right? awesome. I love ginger ale. <laughs> it's the only soda that I have in my house at all times. Me too. Let's go. They're BFFs, man. That is why. Another BFF of mine, it's Zach Gallen, and he had this to say a little bit earlier on. Joined now by Zach Gallen of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach, what's going on, man? How's it going, guys? It's going really, really well. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, how is your spring going, man? Yeah, it's been good. Um, weather's been great. Uh, you know, the guys have been awesome. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been good so far. So, obviously, you're in Arizona um, playing for the Diamondbacks and a lot different than last spring playing for the Marlins. That trade, at least for us fantasy owners, kind of came out of nowhere. What was it like being traded, which I'm sure was a huge shock to you, too? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, I had pitched the night before. Um, threw kind of well. I thought I was coming in the 
you know, talk about last night's outing and, you know, a couple minutes into the conversation, I realized that's not what it was about. And they were trading <laughs> me to Arizona. Um, so packing up my apartment in about 18 hours and getting on the flight was pretty crazy. But, you know, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, that's – we hear about players getting traded and it's a business, but to just pitch the night before, obviously you, you just cut up a couple of starts back. Uh, that is just nuts to me. So what changed for you uh, pitching-wise going from the Marlins to the D-backs? Obviously your walks dropped, your, your caper nine went up a little bit. What changed for you formulaic, I guess, uh, by pitching on a different team? Uh, I mean, I think one of the bigger things was just kind of getting with Carson Kelly, a uh, guy I'd you know, been with in St. Louis. Um, so there was some familiarity there and, you know, I kind of just was feeling my way around the big leagues and been up there for a couple months. So I think it was just, you know, more so getting comfortable and, you know, uh, just really getting used to the league and seeing how things were playing out. We're talking to Zach Gallon of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you mentioned you got to Arizona and you reconnected with Carson Kelly and you, you have this four-pitch mix. Now you had, obviously, all offseason to work with Carson Kelly, with the D-backs. What have you worked on most this offseason? What have you been looking on to, I guess, what particular pitch maybe uh, to get better on as we head into 2020? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just the consistency, uh, you know, just trying to limit those walks like last year. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, I think the biggest thing, though, is in terms of a pitch is just working on my cutter, you know, back to the consistency and stuff like that. It's like certain games I had it, certain games I didn't. So, um, you know, I'd like to have it most of the games. I know that's having all the games is a little bit, you know, is a lot to ask for. But if I can have it for most of the games, I'd feel pretty comfortable about that. I think fantasy owners, obviously, would feel very comfortable with that as well. Zach, what's it like? Yeah, right. We, like, we ask these, this question all the time. But, like, what's it like when people come up to you? Because you're, you're a young dude, right? Like, you kind of grew up with us in this fantasy world. What's it like when you have people in the crowd screaming at you, being like, I need these strikeouts, man? Yeah, no, it was kind of funny. Um, uh, when I got called up, or the, the night after I pitched, was you know a lot of friends and family saying you know congratulations, you know it was awesome to watch. But but most of the messages I got were, hey, thanks for this, so many points, whatever it was. So I just kind of got a laugh out of that, and you know it's kind of cool to see because I'm kind of the same way there in you know fantasy football season. I'm kind of thinking, oh man, I would love for you know player X to get me so many points, so for me to be in that. <laughs> similar situation and you know it's kind of funny absolutely and uh it, it is funny to be on the other side of that like we get questions all the time uh we aren't capable of answering them because we're just as bad as everybody else is but you you can actually uh impact fantasy teams way more obviously uh than we can it's fantastic um what you've been able to do thus far in your short career we're talking to zach gallon of the arizona diamondbacks and i know a question my buddy frank has zach how how many strikeouts are you going to have this season? Just wondering. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hopefully enough. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully enough. That's, that's the answer I'll give. That, that's, per- that's perfect. Um, and just, a couple, just a couple more here uh, as we wrap up with you. But I, I think my question is, you obviously got called up midseason last year. This year, you're fighting for a rotation spot. I know a lot of people, us included, think that you're going to grab this rotation spot. And it should be on your way to a, a pretty nice season here. What What is the mindset? How different is the mindset for you with a chance legitimately to break camp in the rotation versus in the past where you really haven't had that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, it's the same but different at the same time. You know, you still go in there whether you have a spot or not, wanting to compete, wanting to show what you worked on in the offseason, um, how much better you got. Uh, but I will say that, I mean, you know, after pitching, it's, it takes a little bit more of, 
the weight off your shoulders, knowing that you, you can do it. Um, they've seen you've been able to do it. So I think that makes it, you know, just a little bit easier on me. But at the same time, I'm still going to go out there, whether, you know, I have a spot or not. I'm going to compete and show them what I have. Final question for you, Zach, and that is give us one member of the Diamondbacks that not everybody's talking about right now, but they will be in just a couple of months. Mm, one member, uh, Carson Kelly. All right, your boy, Carson Kelly. You're back throwing with him. Yep, and everybody's, guy. everybody is going to know about Carson Kelly just a couple of months from now. We appreciate the time, Zach. Come back anytime. Good luck this year. We'll be rooting for you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Absolutely. That's Zach Allen of the Arizona Diamondbacks. That was awesome. Great job by our Greg Sussman talking with Zach Gallen, the Arizona Diamondbacks starting pitcher, someone we're all very excited about this year for fantasy baseball purposes, Greg. And I love what he had to say in terms of working on the cutter this offseason. Uh, you brought up the four-pitch mix that he had last year. Four-seam fastball, curveball, cutter, changeup, and we saw a ton of strikeouts, maybe more walks than we wanted out of Zach Gallen last year, but still had a phenomenal rookie season, dominated in AAA, and someone we're all expecting to take that next step this season in fantasy baseball. So hopefully that cutter is something that he can find consistency with and help him in 2020, Greg. He also mentioned Carson Kelly, his catcher. He's my number 11 catcher on the board. I like Carson Kelly, dude. Yeah, Carson Kelly has a ton of power upside. I have him as my 10th catcher. So, right there. More of, uh, you know, one of those back end uh, first catchers for me in terms of fantasy baseball. I, you know, look, if you're playing a two catcher league, I'm probably not going to draft Salvador Perez and Carson Kelly because that means you're investing two of your top 12 or 13 round picks in catchers. And that's just something uh, I can't get behind personally, Greg. But, um, we saw the, the power last year, Greg, and 48.7% hard contact rate for Carson Kelly. Uh, that was that led all catchers with at least 350 plate appearances, um, mashes against left-handed pitching. So keep that in mind from a DFS perspective. Greg, any worry that you know if he doesn't perform well against righties, he only had a 708 OPS against righties last year, that we could see more of Steven Vogt, who is the backup catcher who hits righties quite well. He mashes righties, and that does concern me. As someone that likes Kelly, I like that he had 18 home runs in 111 games last year. That's a good number. Um, but signing Stephen Vogt just doesn't go away with Oakland and with San Francisco, without Arizona, he's in Milwaukee as well. It's frustrating, right? Like, you want to see a young player develop, and maybe he will, right? Stephen Vogt could be uh, cut by the end of April. He doesn't matter to the future of the Diamondbacks. Certainly, uh, Carson Kelly does. I think if Kelly... Um, continues to hit well, he'll stay in there. I mean, his hard hit rate was ridiculous last year, 48.7%. Like, Kelly can hit the ball. I like Carson Kelly in a one-catcher league as your first catcher. I'm cool with it, and it won't cost you nearly as much as what some of the other guys we were saying would. Yeah, and I think he's probably going to hit close to 20 home runs, maybe even more than that. Remember, he was regarded as one of the top catching prospects in baseball when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals, and I thought that that was a really, really good point that you brought up to Zach Gallen and that he mentioned as well was that he developed some more consistency when he moved over to the Diamondbacks because Carson Kelly was catching him. Remember, they actually were in the Cardinals organization together when Zach Gallen was a prospect there. And then he got traded to the Miami Marlins, I believe, in the Marcel Ozuna trade. So they have familiarity together, and we can expect some of that to play over into this season as well here in 2020. So uh, obviously something else that can help Carson Kelly and uh, also Zach Gallen here, Greg. Frankie, what other sleepers here do you have? And they don't have to be a long-range sleeper. They could be a guy that's kind of just in this 10 to 20 range that we haven't gotten a chance to really talk about today. Uh, what are some other guys that you feel good about drafting? 
So I don't mind Yadier Molina. Surprise, surprise. Frank loves the old players in fantasy baseball because they're undervalued. Sean Murphy is someone who uh, broke out a little bit last year with the Oakland A's. Uh, can do some nice things with the bat. You know, 270-plus batting average. A little bit of power there as well. Jorge Alfaro hits the ball extremely hard, Greg, but just has to learn to raise the launch angle a little bit. But, you know, amongst the, the leaders at the catcher position in terms of hard hit rate and average exit velocity as well, uh, Danny Jansen. Struggled last year, but in an OBP format, which I know you play in and a lot of people do, Danny Jansen has a good eye at the plate. I know that Reese McGuire is there, but Jansen played better down the stretch last season, and I am expecting a little bit more power this season out of Jansen, 15 to 20 home runs. Uh, Just dipping down a little bit lower if you play in those deeper leagues, a second catcher. catcher um, Jason Castro now starting with the Los Angeles Angels. I think he has some pop. And our guy, former Yankee, Greg, Austin Roma. He's got a beard now. Expected to be the starter and everyday catcher for the Detroit Tigers. I also kind of sneakily like Sean Murphy with the Oakland Athletics. Obviously, it's a bad ballpark, but I think he can play every day, and he has some pop, too. I've already drafted him a few times as well, so I don't I don't mind that. All right, we have a minute to go. We'll use that minute to talk about Aaron Judge, who has a stress fracture in his first rib. He's going to rest for two weeks. Surgery is not off the table. It's not healed by then, which means he's going to have surgery. And why wait? Because the Yankees are idiots. Are you taking Aaron Judge right now? I can't say you're not, but like, where would you actually take him? Knowing, did they say what the timetable would be if he had surgery? No. I can't take him in the first five or six rounds. Wow. Can't. I mean, knowing what we know now, I agree with you. He's probably going to end up having surgery. How much time is he going to miss then? I don't know. A month? Two? How much would you spend on him in an auction? Just wondering. For a friend. 12 bucks? 10 bucks? 13. 10 to 12? 13. I'm in. Rails up next. I want to thank everybody for the fantastic week. Great job by Sean and Alex downstairs. Frank Stanfield. I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again on Monday. We hope. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.